Good morning. We're going to be looking at a couple of different passages today. Uh, the first one is in Psalms chapter 107. We're going to look at verses 23 through 30. And the next one is uh, Matthew chapter 8. And in Matthew 8, we're going to look at verses 23 through 27. Um, they kind of uh, go into the same type of thing. Psalm 107:23. Some went down to the sea in ships, doing business on the great waters, and they saw the deeds of the Lord, His wondrous works in the deep. For He commanded and raised the stormy, uh, stormy wind, which lifted up the waves of the sea. They mounted up to heaven. They went down to the depths, and their courage melted away in their evil plight. They reeled, and they staggered like drunken men, and they were at their wits' end. And then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He made the storm be still, and the waves of the sea were hushed. Then they were glad that the waters were quiet, and he brought them to their desired haven. And then again, if you're following along in your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew 8, we're going to be looking at uh, verses 23 through 27. This one will probably be familiar to you. Matthew 8, 23. And when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. And behold, there rose a great storm on the sea, so that the boat was being swamped by the waves. But he was asleep. And they went and woke him, saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. And he said to them, Why are you so afraid? O oh, you of little faith. Then he rose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, What sort of man is this, that even winds and sea obey him? Join me in prayer, please. Um, Father, I, I pray once again, Lord, that you would let the meditations that are in my heart and the words that come out of my mouth be acceptable in your sight. Um, you are my rock and my redeemer. And uh, Father, this morning I would ask that uh, this word would be an encouragement to those that have need, Lord. I pray that your word would be a guide to lead us in our lives. Um, that we might honor you and that we might be a testimony, Father, to your grace. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Um, you don't realize just how immense uh, the ocean really is until you're in a boat and, and you're so far from shore that, that you can't see the shore. I mean, you can't see anything. All you can see is the water that's around you. And I don't know this for sure, but I think the smaller the boat, um, the more ominous that that vastness would be. Um, this I do know from experience. It can be pretty scary. Um, a few years ago, Karen and I had, we, we had a 20-foot boat. It was a 22-foot boat, but it was called a 20-foot boat, but it had an offshore bracket for the motors 
So it was about a 22-foot boat. And uh, we used to go down to Ilwaco and, and launch the boat in Ilwaco and, uh, and go out into the ocean to fish. We would bypass buoy 10. Buoy 10's like bumper cars. You know, I mean, only it's bumper boats. There's, there's so many people there. So we would continue past buoy 10, and we'd go out to what's called the CR buoy. And that's like five buoys out there, I think. And, and that buoy is so far out there, you can't see it from shore. And, and, when, you're, and when you're out there, beyond the, uh, the Columbia River buoy, you can't see the shore. Um, we'd do that to go out and catch salmon. And, and uh, um, well, it was, it was mostly fun. Um, and it was exciting. But there was a couple of times when I seriously questioned whether I could make it back without falling prey to what at once was a really nice calm sea and all of a sudden he got a little ticked off and he, and he didn't want me there any longer. And um, I, was, I was fairly new and that was kind of a challenge for me. So I understand the fear of the mariners in Psalms 107 and I understand the fear of the apostles in, in Matthew 8 because at that time they faced what appeared uh, in their eyes, anyway, as their pending demise. You know, we're really powerless over so much in life. And, and when you're in a position where the reality of that suddenly sets in, and you feel like your life is being threatened over a circumstance that you have absolutely no control over, you, you cry out to God, right? You cry out to God, Lord, please help me. I can't handle this. Um, <laughs> I stumbled on a movie the other day, and, and I, I love movies. Uh, I do. I love. There's a lot of good movies out there, and there's some really bad movies out there. But, but um, there was this movie that I watched the other day. It was called Adrift. It's a fairly new movie. You might want to watch it if you get the chance. Um, but this movie was inspired by a story taken from a book written by Tammy Oldham. And the name of the book was Red Sky in the Morning. And this movie, Adrift, was made from that book. And it was a, well, I thought it was a fabulous movie. Um, in my later years in life, it seems like I, I watch movies and uh, my mind kind of runs away with, with my fantasies. And, and, and I could see so many um, biblical lessons that parallel what's going on in, in some of these movies. And, and in this movie, um, this movie was an actual account um, that was taken from a tragic time in Tammy Oldham's life. Um, in this movie, we see a life being lost to the effects of a, a, a monstrous, monstrous storm. And then we see a life fighting to survive that same storm. Tammy Oldham um, was adrift for 41 days. She was powerless. She, she, was, uh, she was hurting. She was afraid. Uh, she was completely alone. She was alone. She was without the means to be anything other than alone. Um, going back a little bit, uh, three weeks before this deadly storm, uh, Tammy Oldham and her fiancé, 
his name was Richard Sharp. Um, they set out on what should have been for them, anyway, a routine trip because the two of them combined had years of sailing experience. They'd uh, spent much of their time cruising around the South Pacific Islands in, in Richard's 36-foot sailboat. And, and so for them, the ocean was as much their home as the land was, and, and sometimes even more so, right? In October of 1983, a friend of Richard's approached them. They were in, um, they were in uh, Tahiti. Uh, he approached them, and, and he had a 44-foot yacht. The yacht's name was Susanna. And, and he asked Richard if he could possibly take that yacht and deliver that yacht from Tahiti to a buyer in San Diego. That's a 4,000-mile trip. And, and that's more of a trip than they'd ever attempted before. Um, but they were kind of spurred on by an offer of $10,000 to do so. And, and it was an adventure. Uh, so they were pretty excited. Tammy and Richard loved life. They were, they were high-energy people. They were energetically alive. And uh, they were in love with each other, of course. But they were really in love with adventure. And so they took the $10,000 offer, and um, they set sail from Tahiti to San Diego. And when they did that, they had no idea at all that they were going to be sailing into one of the worst hurricanes in modern times. Three weeks, just three weeks into their journey, a Category 4 hurricane totally caught them off guard. Now, the three previous weeks... Uh, had been a pleasurable cruise, and uh, now it was going to turn into a nightmare. Um, because they were already in the path of the storm, um, they couldn't outrun it. Uh, they could not avoid it, and so they attempted to weather it. And so they donned rain gear, and, and they boarded up the yacht the best that they could. And uh, at that time, Richard ordered Tammy to, to go down below and to make sure that she was secure. And Tammy says, no way, I ain't doing that. But Richard convinced her that uh, she had to do that because somebody had to be free to guide the yacht through the storm. That was going to be their only chance of coming out of this alive. And so she relented. She went, uh, she went down below. She secured herself the best that she could. Richard told her, he says, I'll be wearing a tether. So I, so I can't get washed overboard. We'll be okay. Tammy went, went down below, secured herself the best that she could. Wasn't long after that, 40-foot waves, 140-mile-an-hour winds descended on what's now a really tiny little boat, right? And the last thing that Tammy Oldham remembered before being knocked unconscious was hearing Richard scream. When she awoke 27 hours later, um, she was in the cabin, surrounded by water, surrounded by floating debris. Um, scrambled to the top side, and uh, 
found no sign of Richard. Richard uh, was gone. The tether was broken and laying limp. The yacht was uh, severely damaged, all as a result of a Category 4 hurricane, this monstrous storm that came into their life. And for the next 41 days, Tammy Oldham would be alone and adrift in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, and, and she struggled, she fought to survive. Of course, she wrote the book, so you know that she survived, right? Uh, kind of a miracle, though, 41 days by herself. And she was, she was rescued by a fishing boat off the coast of Hilo, Hawaii. Now, did she cry out to God for help? I don't know. The movie didn't show that. I haven't read the book. Um, but here's one thing I do know. I do know that God was there. I know that God orchestrated the outcome because he always does. You know, we have stories that resemble this kind of experience in Scripture, right? Like, like the ones we read this morning. And we are told them, I believe, for a reason. And the reason being is that life will always have storms. Some of us will face huge and devastating storms in life. Some of you already have. And you've survived them because you're here. Some of us will face lesser storms. But make no mistake about it. We will all face difficult times in our lives. And we need to be prepared, right? We need to be be prepared for the storms that lie ahead. And we need to understand that we have a refuge available. We need to know that no matter what kind of storm comes up in our life, we will never be alone. God wants us to know that he will be there in the midst of these stormy times. You know, he may not keep those stormy times away. He may not. But he will provide the means to endure the difficulty in life. And if necessary, he'll provide the means to endure the tragedy. The mariners in Psalms 107 um, were experienced seamen, no doubt about that. They were fully capable of dealing with um, the changes in weather that, that nature might bring. They were accustomed to sailing the sea. They were seagoing businessmen with vast experience. That's what they did. Uh, they were not laymen. They weren't new to sailing the seas. And in verse 24, verse 24 says, They saw the deeds of the Lord. They saw his wondrous works in the deep. So they were well aware that uh, as mighty and as mysterious and as threatening and as unforgiving as the sea could be, they were still aware that it was God's. The sea was God's. His hand resided over it. Verse 25 says, For he commanded and raised the stormy wind, which lifted up the waves of the sea. Verse 26, They mounted up to heaven, and then they went down to the depths, and their courage melted away in their evil plight. 
And I'll tell you right now, um, this is a perfect picture of what it's like to be tossed around by the waves of an angry sea. Sorry, my mouth is dry. Verse 26 says they mounted up to heaven. Well, I know a little bit about what that's like. When you encounter um, a sea that's getting a little violent, um, you're lifted up atop of a wave. And uh, when you're on top of that wave, it's like you're venturing skyward. And then you're asking yourself, what am I going to do about this? You know? And about that time, the wave disappears and you fall um, startingly to the, to the depths, as Psalm says, which is the beginning of the next vengeful wave. It says they went down to the depths. And then, of course, their courage melted away in their evil plight. That's exactly how that goes. You know, I mean, you're pleading to God, you know. And I know for me, it probably wasn't that much. It probably wasn't that much, but it, but it felt life-threatening to me. Verse 27 says, They reeled and they staggered like drunken men, and they were at their wit's end. Yep. I mean, you're tossed around um, like a rag doll. You're bar- barely able to stand. And if you can stand, you're never able to stand quietly or unwavering. Um, they were at their wit's end. Well, I guess that's one way to put it. Um, terrified is another. You know that there's absolutely nothing that you can do. You're powerless over that whole situation. And at that time, you cry out to God, right? Because, well, let's face it. Nobody else can help. And the mariners knew that. They knew that. In verse 28, it says, They cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He made the storm be still, and the waves of the sea were hushed. And then they were glad that the waters were quiet, and he brought them to their desired haven. They cried out to God, and they were um, they were delivered. That's total deliverance. You know, to go from the terror of one of life's storms to that place of, of comfort. Um, we've seen that, right, Mitch? You, you go from terror to tranquility. Only God can do that. So now, um, the apostles in Matthew 8. The apostles in Matthew 8 had Jesus. I mean, how cool would that be? I mean, that would be a comforting thing. Because, uh, you know, they'd been on this missionary journey with Jesus, and they'd seen him perform miracles, right? I mean, absolute miracles in their presence. And these miracles pointed out uh, to the apostles the identity of Jesus Christ. He was God. He turned the water into wine. He'd given the blind sight. He made the lame to walk upright. He cast out demons. He brought the dead back to life. They were in the presence of God. They had Jesus leading them. Verse 23 says the disciples followed him. 
Well, as it is in life, even so, a storm arose. Verse 24. And that's kind of the way it is in life. I mean, even when you're following Jesus, you know you're in God's will. You're living the life that God has called you to live. And even so, you just may encounter a storm. That storm may be so severe that you begin to have fears. Like the apostles. And you may begin to have doubts. You know, you may cry out, where's my place in this, Lord? As a matter of fact, Lord, where's your place in this? <laughs> and being in the boat, the apostles still feared. You know, to them, uh, death was imminent. The storm was, was swamping the boat. And they cried out, save us, Lord. Verse 24 says, and behold, there arose a great storm on the sea so that the boat was being swamped by the waves. But he was asleep. So they went and they woke him up and they said, save us, Lord. We're dying here. They knew that's what was going to happen. And so this storm that they were encountering in their life brought fear to their hearts. And that fear, of course, brought doubt. You know, I don't think they ever doubted the power of the presence of Jesus. But certainly they doubted whether they were worthy of his concern. Or maybe they doubted his willingness to intercede on their behalf. Have you ever felt that way? I have. I have. You know, I know without a doubt, God's bigger than anything that might come into my life. I know that. I mean, in the lingo of today's culture, he's bigger than badder than all that. Right? I know you can help, Lord. I know you can heal, Lord. But will you? Is my plight worthy of your intervention? I know that God is greater. I know that God is more powerful than my problems. <laughs> but are my problems worthy of his attention? Look at verse 26. He said to them, Why are you afraid? Oh, you of little faith. And then he rose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, What sort of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? Do you think that Jesus was unaware of what was going on? No, of course not. But this was another great learning experience for the apostles, right? And I hope another learning experience for us as well, because Jesus used that storm at that time to once again show the apostles just who he was. 
Why are you afraid? Where's your faith? I am the God of creation. I've got this. They should have known that, you know, with all those miracles. They should have known that, but, but they didn't. And fear has a way of doing that. You know, we do really, really well in trusting God uh, when we're riding high, you know, when all is well in our lives. But when things get messy, sometimes we become a mess because fear is a powerful thing. We need to remember that he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. <laughs> it, it's funny, but... Um, when that which scares us subsides, then we understand how great God is and, and, and we give him praise and we, we thank him and, and our trust is restored, our confidence is restored. And we're feeling pretty good about things until the next time. You know, that ought not be so. Lord, we know you, we, we know your greatness, we know your loving nature. Father, help us to trust you in all things. Help us to trust you above and beyond the fear and the storms. Amen. Um, on Wednesday nights, uh, Pastor Paul and, and Pastor Cindy and, and a few of us get together at 6 p.m. for a uh, prayer meeting. Um, in fact, Karen and I came to this church with uh, Dave and Susan Geiger, uh, I think it was a little over two and a half years ago. Isn't that right? Two and a half years ago? Um, we came here on a Wednesday night. And um, Wednesday night was prayer meeting. It was a, kind of a new thing for me. But it was fabulous, and, and Karen and I have been here ever since prayer meeting was fabulous. We are a family. Um, we love and we care for each other. Uh, we share with each other. We pray for each other. As a matter of fact, we pray for all of you. We do. And uh, we pray for anyone who walks through our doors. And we don't have the formality on uh, Wednesday night that you have on Sunday mornings. You know, we we show up wearing whatever. We're pretty relaxed and pretty comfortable, and, and we just chill. And then we share a very informal, conversational prayer life with each other. And really, it's, it's the best time of the week. It is for me. We've had so many answered prayers. Um, on Monday nights, I, I hold a Bible study in my house. It's uh, Monday night at 6.30 at my house. Okay. My house isn't huge, but it'll hold a few people. But we've had so many prayers on, on uh, Wednesday nights and, and Monday at my house during Bible study. Uh, Mitch and Debbie were there, and, and, and Mitch made the statement. He says, man, when we take the time to review all the prayer requests that have been answered, it's, it's astonishing. And that's the same thing I was thinking because um, 
God has intervened in our lives in so many ways. Um, when we sit down and just start looking at all the prayer requests that, that we've covered over the last two and a half years or so, God has been amazing. Truly, where two or three are gathered in his name, there he is also. He always, he's always there. We've prayed, we've prayed for people that, that needed jobs, and almost instantly, instantly, jobs were provided. We've prayed for people who were sick, and people were healed. We've prayed for people that were looking at the possibility of facing a, a terminal disease, life-threatening situations, and life was restored. <clears throat> restored. Where fear and death has hovered over friends, peace and life reigned. Because that's just who God is. He's gracious. Um, on one of these occasions, it was my daughter, Shannon. Sorry. Shannon was facing a Category 4 storm in her life. Um, she was struck by cancer. She was 41 years old. She had a two-year-old little boy to raise. She had a husband, and she had two other older kids to care for. And uh, like the mariners in Psalms 107 and the apostles in Matthew 8, fear took over. Shannon was terrified. She was horrified. And when she told me over the phone, um, my heart became sick. And my eyes filled with tears, but I held it all back as I consoled her with the words, Shannon, God is bigger than all this. Shannon, God's bigger than this. Now, I knew that in my mind. I did. I knew that in my mind, but I was screaming inside. And I think I found this all out on a Wednesday, and thank God for that, because... Wednesday was prayer night, and uh, I couldn't hold back the tears as I shared this tragic news with my prayer partners, and we prayed, and we prayed, and I know that they continued to pray. You know, they, they prayed in their homes when they were alone with God, and they prayed in their Bible studies with their friends. They lifted up a a teary, <laughs> quivering daddy. And they lifted up my little girl, Shannon. And we continued to pray throughout a long and painful and ugly process, this whole 
cancer treatment thing. And uh, I was in touch with Shannon every day, sometimes more than, more than a couple times a day. And I watched Shannon's faith, and her faith would vacillate to and fro. I mean, there was times when it seemed like she was losing. There was times when she was losing. And she doubted God's love, and she doubted God's plan. She was angry. She was confused. And she was filled with fear. You know, storms that come into our lives can do that, right? Because we're powerless. We are powerless to fight back in our own strength. And then in tear, we cry out like the mariners, right? We, we fall into the depths and our courage melts away and we reel and we stagger. And we come to our wit's end. And like the apostles, we panic in fear and we cry out to the very God who sits right beside us. And sometimes we cry out accusingly, save us, don't you even care? And it, it's not that we don't have faith. It's not, because in the good times, we, we certainly have faith. Maybe not as much as we should, but we have faith. But, oh man, that, that fear can overwhelm us. And the fear can overwhelm us to the point where we doubt who we are, and then we doubt who we belong to. And then the enemy uses that fear in us to rob us of the trust and the peace that we should all have in Christ. And that fear uses, the enemy uses that fear to make us doubt God. And he even makes us accuse God of maybe sleeping on the job, right? Save us. Don't you even care, Lord? Are you facing storms in your life? If you are, you're not alone. Um, life can be a raging sea at times. I want you to know this. We are here to pray for you. And we are here to partner with you in life. So we're family here. We love each other just as Jesus has commanded us to love each other. We forbear with one another. I mean, we're not all the same, right? We all think a little differently or we act a little differently. Some of us value some things and some value others. But we love each other. We forbear with one another. We're a flawed people. I mean, there's no doubt about that. But we belong to the one who is without blemish. We belong to Jesus. We belong to the Holy One of God. We're family. With Shannon, it was a heart-wrenching process. But in the end, God healed her. Um, it didn't look good. The facility that she was going to and the 
surgeons that she had in her life at that time, um, things were kind of going awry. And Shannon took the initiative to find another facility, a different surgeon. And so God brought in the right doctors. He brought in the right procedures at just the right time. And it took that to cause the, rea uh, the right reactions in her body. These reactions were scary and they were painful. But those reactions were necessary in order that she might be healed. And she was healed. <laughs> she lives today. Her, her little boy has a mother who is thriving. She thrives. She lives. Not without sailing through some stormy weather at times, but she thrives, she lives. Truthfully, um, sometimes she doesn't realize it fully. She doesn't. I mean, she still struggles um, with the overriding fear that, that she might have to fight this all over again. And it terrifies her. And I'll tell you right now, God saved her for a reason. And she lives to sail again. And in time, she will sail. She will sail gloriously as one saved and ordained to glorify God in her life because God loves her. God loves her now, and God loved her then. God loved her before she got cancer. God loved her when she got cancer. And God loved her through this whole cancer treatment ordeal. He was always there. He just needed her to trust him. Needed her to trust him in, in all things, not just the frivolous things. And he needs us to do the same. In all circumstances, Kind of like that song, right, Chrissy? Cast your cares upon Jesus. That's what he wants from us. God loves you today. He loves me today. He loves us every day. In whatever storm that may come into your life, God is waiting for you to cry out. God is wanting you to trust him. Lord, save us. We know you care. Shall we pray? Oh, Lord. Sometimes life ain't easy. Sometimes things get in the way of our joy. And uh, storms overpower us. We get swamped by the difficulties in life. And uh, sometimes we forget that you're there all along. So, Father, today I, I, I would just ask that you would increase our trust, Lord. Um, Father, that our trust might become second nature to us, especially when the storms arise, Lord, that we might trust you, that we might cling to you. Because, Father, our joy is not dependent upon the circumstances but our joy is dependent upon the knowledge that you're always aware of what's going on in our lives 
you're always beside us. You're always there, Lord. And uh, so, Father, I pray that you'd help us to be faithful servants that uphold a testimony to your grace and your love for us. In Christ's name, amen.